You are listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. You know, the last couple of years, we have... uh we have teamed up with San Spoken Aids Network. Yes, we have. San and we they do their biggest fundraising event has been the Oscars every mm-hmm. year. The last two years we were able to host, uh, get all dressed up in tuxes and host those nights. Right. Um, this because San, of course, as we had a, a show back in November, is no longer getting their funding and they have to mm-hmm. close their doors here very shortly. Yeah. Um, but they are still getting together down at nine bar and bistro. Um, at four o'clock today for an Oscar viewing party, all of the great people from San should be there. Um, so, hey, if you want to go watch it with people, there, there's an option for you. And you right probably there. should. That's I, I love Oscar viewing parties, right? And honestly, it's, it's, it's good to support them on their way out. I think, yeah, you know, kind of. That, and as much as I want the film Moonlight to thing. just win so many, and I actually mm-hmm. think it will win a lot. Mm-hmm. I also, for those of you who don't like it, I loved La La Land. Yeah. Haters back off. Yeah, haters back off. I hope it wins tonight too. Right. And you know what? I get it. Like some of you, there's there's problematic things with La La Land. And it's not a perfect movie. No. That's fine. But listen. But you know what? I like liking things and I like (laughs) La La Land, okay? It's a good movie and it makes me feel good inside. I like liking things. (laughs) I like liking things. I'm going to have to agree with you. Well, uh, really quick before we take our first song break. Yes. All of our songs have a theme today. (laughs) You'll figure it out. Um, uh, We just want to take a a break and say, if you feel like following the boys here and finding out what we're doing and things like that, Mm -hmm. uh, since we we, we do continue forward, you are welcome to go to our website, jonathanandsergey.com. For everything you need to know about our projects, you can go to jonathanandsergey.com. Of course, we have the Martini Lounge, which is our celebrity-based website. podcast mm-hmm. that you can find every Friday mm-hmm. um, and you can find it wherever podcasts are, are found as well as on our website. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, don't forget to follow us Twitter, Instagram, I mean yeah, Facebook, Jonathan. See and what we're doing. Yeah. And, and then, watch your TV soon. Yeah. And we'll let you know what's coming up for us um, at the end of the show. So uh, don't worry. Don't You're not going to miss we, out on we anything. We still got you. We still, we got, still you. got you. Okay. So this is uh, here. I'm just going to today. We're just going to surprise you with songs. You're just going to listen and figure them out. So here it is. You are back. This is KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Uh, this is fun. Okay, so we are family. Uh, we are. Everybody who listens to the show is family. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was truth, just a truth. fun song. And honestly, I was having a conversation with yeah. a friend of mine in uh, Wenatchee who actually is going to be in Le Cage Faux, which is, of course, the Broadway uh, original version of the Birdcage, and in the movie version, this yeah. song is played. You're right, and so it made me think of Matthew. So Aww. Matthew, that was that was, that was for fun. you. I I want to have a listener comment right now that just came in. Um, this listener says, "Outspoken has given the otherwise non-existent LGBTQ community a voice in Eastern Washington. They have been doing something very unique that no one else has. They have provided a voice for so many wonderful people and artists in the community." Sharing their hearts with us, listeners, sharing their hearts with us, listeners, and letting us into their lives week after week has been special. And I want to thank you all for all you've done. So that meant a lot. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much yeah. uh, for that comment. Listen, if you want to send a comment, you're more than welcome. Go to facebook.com yeah. slash Jonathan and Sergey. Um, tweet us. 
at Jonathan Sergey. That's call fine. Us. Give us a call. You yeah. can. The phone lines are open if you'd like to speak to the boys. Mm-hmm. One last time, 509-747-3807. Bittersweet day is it kind is. of how we, we are we're, we're framing it. I know. We're trying not to be too mournful and right? mostly like happy about because it. Because it's exciting. But it's a mix. It's a mix. Yeah. It's a mix. Um, so it's going to, I mean, <laughs> I think in the, uh, this morning it was a lot of dancing and happy and also crying at the same time. Yeah, I know. Well, remember, what weird. have I said a million times on this Laughter program? Laughter through tears. Yep. Is my favorite emotion. Right. Dolly Parton, thank you. And well. the writer of Still Magnolias. Because mm-hmm. that's what it's from. But it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion because it allows you the full spectrum of life. It does. You know. I That's like why it. I love dramedies. I like yeah. Because it's a little of everything. Because your life is a drama. My life is a dramedy. Your life is... Sometimes it gets out of balance and it's dramedy. more one way than, yeah. <laughs> than the other. I know. Well, you but know. it's a thing. Hey, you got to have that, you know, the the climax version. Um, yeah. Is that what it's uh, called? I don't know. The, the, the peak of drama. <laughs> I feel like that was very... Mm. That's so, okay. okay. That's all right. That's, that's a thing. Here's the thing. Right. One of the great things the show has allowed you and I mm-hmm. is a platform. Yes. Uh, to talk about things that we find yes. interesting and a platform to criticize when we think our leaders are not majoring up. And, and we've honestly, done it on many levels. We have. I think that has been one of the best and most important parts, um, especially mm-hmm. right now when criticism of leadership does not necessarily um, benefit someone. No. It's, and, it's not encouraged. And there is, uh, I think, the, the, the pre-beginnings, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. of censorship happening. I Let's agree. talk about having um, Fox News, Politico, not Fox News, sorry, CNN, Politico, and the New York Times banned from a press conference at the White House this yeah. week. That should be alarming. It should. That Now, we're not saying that it is, oh, everything's going, because, yes, I understand it's been tried in other administrations, but this was so successful Yeah. Um, at keeping those people out. And why? Mm-hmm. Why do you make a concerted effort to keep because, because they, they have asked said, the questions and they have said things about your administration yeah. that maybe you don't appreciate. Right, right. So shouldn't we be more concerned about the motives behind someone who thinks that the answer would be to censor those people mm-hmm. and not them allow out. them to have yeah. transparency in our upper leadership echelon? Right. We should be concerned that that was the answer. Exactly. You know what I mean? And for anybody that's, you know, that voted for him for some reason god i don't like <laughs> think about that for a second think about your life think, choices think for, about that for uh, a right? good minute here right. because um he promised you transparency he promised yeah. to drain the swamp he promised to change the political status no he's he's increased all of that there's no yes. transparency yes. there's no draining of any swamp and there's i mean there's n- the status quo has not changed except to go into the more corrupt and i here's the thing uh attack an attack on media an attack on free press is an attack on democracy directly directly so you know i think that there's absolutely uh the beginnings of a full-blown war on free press and free well, speech listen he if one thing trump proved to us during the election process is he is the king of using media to spin right if you if you haven't noticed the not so subtle change in language mm-hmm. when he now he has and he says it every time he gets a chance and he has his people say it that it the free press is an enemy of the state. Yep. He does that because he knows very well to get that in people's minds mm-hmm. is how you can you begin the brainwashing process. Right. We watched it happen with Hitler. Hitler also attacked the free, free press, press yeah. because he knew if I cannot control this, mm-hmm. I need to make people 
look away from it. So that alone should be like, hmm, wait a minute. Why? And he says it all the time. The enemy of the people, he says a lot. Mm -hmm. What? You're saying the free press is the enemy of the people. We need to be we need to be careful of things just like that, you know? We do, exactly. And and we do need to have a watchful eye and we need to absolutely stand up to any time that happens. How can we survive in a society where we don't have free press? I mean, that's been the cornerstone of yeah. our democracy for how long? Well, Why is the, that the First Amendment? And because it's the that's only probably way to get the real, first thing we needed. It's the only way to get real information yes. to the people. Yes. And we already know that you should still do your homework. Yeah. Always do your homework Always. when you hear a news story because, yes, Fox News mm-hmm. is biased, CNN mm-hmm. is biased, CNBC is biased. We get that. All sides are biased. But if you only get news from one source, right, which is the leadership of your very country, that is that is going mm-hmm. to be the most biased that you will find. Yep. So you cannot have a real overall – because that is sanctioned media. That is state-sanctioned right. media, which right. welcome to Russia – they only Thank put you. out propaganda because it's controlled mm-hmm. by the Kremlin. Mm-hmm. Do you want that? That is not freedom. Now, if you want to stay in denial, like a lot of people stubbornly want to, right. well, there you Thank go. You. You're welcome. Thank you. That is how that will you know, happen. And I, I read a, I read a quote this this week that was really good. I think um, it, it says, "You're uh, you're allowed your own opinion, but you're not allowed your own silo. Do not be in that." Um, own yes. world don't just yeah. get stuck in that i know so you know that's what we've loved doing our show we yes. do have a caller on the line that we wanted to bring on who uh you know we want to talk about so this is matthew matthew you hail from the wenatchee area correct yeah that's correct hey i'm good hey matthew how are you i'm fine thank you i'd like a uh, large stuffed crust with pepperoni <laughs> we get 30 minutes or less we'll be there yeah oh, exactly okay. We'll drive to Wenatchee. <laughs> so, hey, so you're on our final show, our final goodbye. How does that feel? I know. I, it's so sad that after all this time, you just now called me in for repairs, <laughs> and it's, it's just too late. True. Oh, I, know. I know. See, it's always yeah. hindsight. Matthew, I just don't think that we could handle you on any other day. <laughs> that's that's my concern. <laughs> I was warned this was FCC, so I'll save yes, that yes. joke for later. Oh, okay. perf- oh good. <laughs> Perfect. So um, as Outspoken goes off the air, what? Uh, first of all, do you have anything? What did you think about having the show being in the Northwest? Um, and then how we... Yeah, fantastic. You know, it's nice to have a voice that you can turn to and listen to and and that it's not all doom and gloom, that there's happiness out there, that things are changing little by little, baby steps, apparently yeah. two steps back in the last couple of months. But, mm-hmm. you know. I but mean, that's, that's how you how tango, right? Exactly. <laughs> in order to make a beautiful dance at some you know, point, I guess we have to go somehow back. Somehow, I don't want our life to be a tango. I don't either. It's just, that's you like know, the death dance know. of Spain or something. <laughs> it's not. That's, you made that up. <laughs> hey, Matthew, do you agree? I, Matthew is on my side. <laughs> I, I think um, I will reference and to, to people out there that will know it, there was an episode of the Jimmy Durante show back in the 50s where he was dancing with Carmen Miranda, the tango. Yes. And he would he would dance with her forward, then he'd just walk her back, and then dance with her forward, walk her back. And, and she says, what are you doing? He says, I never learned how to do it backwards. <laughs> there hey, you go. that is the, the, the story of our lives. We don't know how to go backwards, yeah, we only don't. forward. And Matthew, What's you're an point? artist yourself. You're an actor. You're a director. Oh, you've heard. I've heard of you. You've, uh, you've done some amazing work and some amazing work <laughs> to come. As an artist, how important is it 
to, I mean, we see it a lot right now in our artists like Meryl Streep. How important is it to, to speak out with your art? You know, with in regards to Meryl Streep and, and some of the backlash, you know, hearing about it, I think that if people wanted actors to remain silent, they should go back to silent films. <laughs> what a perfectly stated There you statement. go. Okay. You're right. I, I can get on board with that. <laughs> I think we need to quote that on our yeah. social media yeah, today. Yeah, we do. If you wanted your actors to say silent, <laughs> go back to silent films. Yeah, switch back to silent. Although I will say Lillian Gish was absolutely beautiful. Oh, back! Oh, wow, the way, you the, are going the, back. The actors, the, the people that I cater to in my profession as a performer, uh, my my average age of of my fan base died five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I can say things like Lillian Gish and Jimmy Durante, and they're going, "Yay!" Yeah, yes, they're very happy. <laughs> well, I would encourage anybody listening to actually go look up, you know, your history because those are so they great, are the, especially already. On the on the verge of Oscar night, mm. which isn't you know we've already had the discussion. I get it; it's whitewash; it's all this, but there is still such beautiful, I know moments of it. Yeah, there are, and there's so much history in Oscars. I yeah, think. yeah, I agree. Yeah, there it is, and you know you look at something like Patty McDaniel, that was the first African American to win the Academy Award for uh, her turn as uh, uh, Mammy in uh, Gone with the Wind. And she wasn't even allowed to sit in on the Academy Award. She had to sit in the kitchen area, and they called her name, and she won, and just how, you know. And then if you go and watch her speech, it's, just, it's a gorgeous, wonderful speech. You just want to hold her and hug her and right. say, things are trying to get better. Right. But, yeah, we're trying. Yeah, and honestly, that is, you know, I would have more problem if I didn't see the trying, but I do believe, I mean, hey, there's a long way to go, we get it, but as long as the effort is there, at least we're moving forward, even though it's slower than we would we would like. It's true, but for some people, I just gotta say, do more. Please right. do be, more. Please be do better. More. Be better. Our new hashtag is, hashtag be Meryl. Just, everybody just be Meryl, and, and we're happy. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm so old school. I don't say hashtag. I say small fence. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, as okay. always, you are delightful. Thanks oh, for calling in and, and sharing your thoughts. We're going to be seeing you in, in two shows in the Wenatchee area uh, coming yeah, up we, soon. Well, and, that, and that's that's something. Lacage Foal yes. that is coming to the Wenatchee Valley, and I'm lucky enough to play Albon in that. Which is the it's the musical version of the Birdcage, which I hate saying because this musical was out long before the Birdcage yes, was. Yes, it was the original. Yeah, but I say Lacage Fall, and people look at me like I have three heads. Yeah, it's but true. I'll be playing, it's funny. Right. Yeah, and I'll and I'll be playing uh, the Nathan Lane equivalent in the yes. in the musical. And you're going to be amazing. I know you fit the role so I'm well. I'm so I excited wait. for this. But you're also directing your uh, a show. <laughs> yes, I'm directing Twelve Angry Men in the fall and something I find and I kicked myself and I lived in, I lived in New York city for many years and there, they did a revival of the show 2004, 2005. And I kicked myself. I didn't go see it because I love the film with Henry Fonda. Yes. Beautiful. But I, when I read a review for it, it said that the show was really dated, that the material was dated, that it wasn't a fun evening at the theater. And I was dumb enough to listen to it. Oh. And the reviewer and myself were wrong. Because you see and have seen, yeah. especially since all these awful things that you know have been said and done, and yeah. people still flying the Confederate flag, oh, which boy. to me yeah. is that was the first participation trophy. Oh God! You know, <laughs> when you look at it, 
And if I can say that, well, I already said it. it right, it, done, it, done deal. It's live radio. Yeah, <laughs> Can't take it back. There, so there's that. Yeah. But, but with this, I don't have to change. And I we went I went through it with uh, some actors a couple of weeks ago, and we read through it, and I said, if any of this doesn't sound like it would happen in modern times, let me know. Right. And we read the script, and the only thing I'm going to do, add to it, is that when the jurors file into the room, and this doesn't happen, but when the but the audience think they, they have questions when they're sitting there. When the, the jurors file in and have the bailiff standing there with a box and everybody puts their cell phones inside the box. Oh nice. Yes. And there's not one I don't have to change a line of dialogue that none of it could be said <laughs> or happening now, which well, is it's horrifying. True. Well, if we could not learn from history, I mean that's what we need to do, yes. Do well, we repeat it and whatnot. Exactly. Well, we're gonna be there. In person, cannot wait for both of your shows because these are these are big deals. We're excited to see them, and we're so excited. So, Matthew, thank you so much for calling in on our final show today, and thank you guys for being so positive and so happy, Aww. and just keep up the good fight. Ah, thank you, thank sir. You. We will talk soon. Alrighty, <laughs> bye, bye. That was Matthew Pippen. He is an actor and a director. He trained in New York, and uh, now he's over in the Wenatchee area, so that's a lot of fun. We have another caller who's calling in to talk to us. Uh, This is Chase calling the lines to talk to the boys. Hey, Chase, how are you? I'm good, Jonathan. How are you? Doing wonderful. Thanks for calling in on our final show. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm very sad to hear that, you know, this is... This is the end, but it's it's not the end end. It's just no, the end of not. this chapter, and yeah, then exactly. on to the next. Exactly, it's just a transition to better things. But yes, we, yes, we to, have to we have to let this one. Could, yeah, this one to go. keep. No, you are no stranger to out to being outspoken <laughs> by any means. Yes. You are a local artist in yes. the Spokane area. What is having a voice, especially for the LGBT community? How important is that, not only for this show, but to keep doing as individuals in in our our city you know outspoken has i in my opinion been a staple in the lgbt community because you guys have provided a platform for people of all walks of life uh, to voice their grievances on a wide variety of social issues um you know one of the things i greatly appreciate is there's been a tremendous amount of people that have been granted the opportunity who normally wouldn't have the kind of opportunity to express, you know, what they're passionate about uh, in life. And I think that is because of your show. You have given a voice to people who haven't had a chance to have a voice. And, you know, you guys have been at the helm of this amazing journey. And on behalf of, you know, the entire LGBT community, I just wanted to call in and say thank you for all that you have done and how much we are all looking forward to what you guys have uh, on the long road ahead of you. Oh, well, that means you. a and lot. Thank Chase, you so you, much. you've been on the show with us a few times, and we wanted to thank you for, for joining us for those shows. And yeah. I mean, the, I feel like the friendships and the connections and the relationships that we has built been with the show has so been so much of the gift. Yeah, it has been a gift. Yeah, and, and yeah. I appreciate your comments. I also appreciated that you, you had made a comment on our page about, you know, this is just part of yeah. the journey, and you're, and you're there. Is. You're there for the journey. And yeah. I think that's amazing. We must move together forward, together has to be it's a team Absolutely. thing and uh so thank you so much for your kind words to us and hey let's you keep being as outspoken as you are and we'll just move it forward and keep doing it absolutely it's never gonna stop as long never, as i have never. a voice in the air in my lungs i'm always gonna be outspoken. i love that well thank you sir for taking a, a brief break to be with us oh you're very welcome guys that's a luck to you thank you bye chase and that was Chase Maverick Lawrence. He is an uh, an artist, 
He is. Um, in, he does some amazing work. He can get very political within, and I love that. That's good. I that think makes me so happy. Po- art, everything's political, but art especially is political. Yeah. You know, you got to make that statement. Yeah, and Don't he doesn't shy away. I want to say something about one of the, the comments that he made was talking about uh, the nice thing he said about us giving people a voice. Mm. I want to say that a long time ago when I started... Um, being an advocate, which is over 20 years ago now, um, and getting out there and wanting to be to be outspoken even before this yeah. was even a thought in my head. One of the things I always said was I, I was a shy kid. And I know it doesn't seem like it now, but I was very shy. But I was also very passionate. Right. And what hurt more than anything is to see other people go through bad things and I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. And I remember I made a commitment to myself and I used to work with a lot of kids when I was in my 20s who, a lot of gay kids who had no positive influence and were thrown out into the wilderness of the LGBT world without uh, the positive, without the people trying to prey on them. Just someone who's there to help maybe guide them a little bit. And I remember I committed to myself back then that until every last person in this world has a voice I have no other option but to stand up and be their voice. And I will continue to do that and to speak out until every last person is able to stand up with me. Because honestly, if I have it in me, no matter how shy or insecure I get, I have no right to sit down. None. So until every kid that still goes through a rough coming out process, until every child in this world feels safe where they are, no matter what it is, I will keep speaking. And that's the mission we agree to on this show. And that's why this mission goes forward in everything else that we're doing outside of it. Because that commitment in this room has been the commitment of everybody involved. And, and that means the world still mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. There. Well, and I, yeah, I mean, I can't really follow that. So let's just, let's just play a song. <laughs> let's play a song. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue, more information is available at 509-747-1621. Outspoken receives support from Instant Sign Factory, celebrating 25 years serving the Inland Northwest's indoor and outdoor sign needs. More information at 1-877-778-7446 and online at instantsignfactory.com. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. You know, uh, that's one of my favorite songs that we just played by Celine Dion and Neo called uh, Incredible. And I want to say every week we have strived to give them something amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And some, I mean, we've given you all of our heart. That's, you know, some days that doesn't seem as much as it should be, but we have always striven to give you what we love. Uh, I want to say one of the, we got a note from San, uh, who has been, one of the great gifts we received was a relationship with the people who put their heart and soul into that organization. Yes, um, absolutely. But it says, love the voice that you have given to San over the years. And that is, we don't back anything we don't believe in. We don't put our name on anything that we don't believe. Right, we, right. we would stand up for on or off the air. Mm-hmm. And San is an amazing organization. And the people who work and worked there uh, yeah, gave their yeah. their whole life to that work. And we will forever ever respect them for that and yeah you're absolutely right san was such a uh, an amazing organization to work with from i mean we we hosted a movie night with them we brought the normal heart here and they uh 
um, partnered with us for that. I mean, uh, AIDS Action and Awareness Day. Yes, um, in Olympia, was, on, in the Olympia Capitol, on Capitol Hill itself. Re- they had their Red Ribbon Gala. I mean, it, the work that they put in, AIDS Walk, it's just, it's it's crazy. And um, I think that they've they've just changed the community here um, it, yes, over, over the decades that they've been here. So agreed. Um, big shout out, honestly, to San, I yeah. think, is, is what they deserve for yeah. all the work that they've done here. Yeah. Um, so we thank are, you. We are huge fans. I think that we might have another caller yes. on the line that's yeah. going to come on, which we appreciate this and just as exactly. as much is to hear back from, from the people in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you remember that, okay, we didn't just show up on Sundays and there was nobody listening. It's right. nice to know that uh, you have been out there. But now we are going to talk to a caller. Grant is on the line to talk to the boys of Outspoken. Grant, how are you? I am very well. How are you two doing? Uh, we're doing we're good. well, sir. We're, we're you know, we're, we're hanging in. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> you do what you can, right? Right. Of course. Yeah. Well, I know this is your last show. Mm-hmm. That um, it is. At least in this format. Yes, exactly. that's right. <laughs> we, we're not. You can't get rid of us that way. Right. We're, we're sticking Thank around. Goodness. <laughs> so, so I wanted to call in and and say hi and congratulations and well, you. you'll be missed and all those fun things. Oh, good. Well, that's nice to hear. So I'm yeah, glad that you. Grant will miss us. So anybody else? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Just Grant. Yeah, we'll take a Just survey. Grant. How about that? Call right. in now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call in now. Oh, boy. I. It is nice to hear that from the community. We're not going to mm-hmm. lie. So <laughs> so, thank you for that. You're going to have a, a busy day, I hear. Is this true? Yes, it is. Busy day. N- not like years past. Things are a bit <laughs> right. different. But mm-hmm. um, we are doing a Oscar viewing party mm-hmm. instead of an Oscar gala. Right. Okay. Um, at 9, mm-hmm. starting at 4. Oh, okay. Um, and Very it's nice. open to the public. It's free. Nice. Um, you can dress up if you want or not. That's personal preference. Right. Um, we're just hoping that the snow today doesn't keep people away. I know. But, um, and it's being weird out there. But the yeah, streets last time I was out, which was way earlier this morning, but we're, we're still not horrible. They're not looking too bad out the window, you know, kind of oh, this good. block. So. Yeah. So, hey, you can still go out. And who doesn't like to watch the Oscars? In a group. Half of you, half of us can't even get it. Uh, let's be honest. Half yeah. of us don't have cable, so we don't get it at home. So you I might know. as well go out. Yeah, and enjoy it. And have drinks. You can drink, you can exactly. eat, you can enjoy friends. Yeah. That's yeah. the way to watch. Hey, listen, for us gay boys, this is mm-hmm. our Super Bowl. Exactly. And and we love nothing more but to drink and be shady when we're <laughs> watching the Oscars. <laughs> Hello. Come on. Excuse me. Haven't we been doing that for years? For yeah. years. We have. <laughs> and who isn't secretly hoping that Meryl takes home the award because I love every time she gives a speech lately and I want to see what she would yeah. say on the Oscars. I want her to give a speech either way. Like, I know. I'm sorry I, I didn't think get she this award, to... but here, listen up. Yeah, she needs to go up anyways. <laughs> be like, here, I'll give you yeah. your Oscar, but I got something to say. I know. I'll take over for your speech. <laughs> I'm filling in. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Gr- Grant, before we let you go, do you have a favorite tonight that you, when you're watching the Oscars you're hoping is going to be up there? Um, I, I really have to be honest. I have not seen any of the movies oh, this year. Okay. That's okay. Um, we'll vote for and, you. It's and fine. I think that's been in defiance that we weren't doing a gala. So I oh, didn't sure. jump out and watch them like I normally do. Yes. Um, but we, we did find that we were all going to miss hanging out together. So we yeah. decided a viewing yeah. party would be a good well, thing. Well, see, then this is perfect. Um, I want to see La La Land, and I've heard it's it's wonderful. We loved it. That it's up for a lot of awards. It so is. I'm, it I'm is. I'm hoping that they yeah. do well. Yeah. yeah. So La La Land and Moonlight are the two I'm voting for tonight. La La Land was absolutely 
We just loved it. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of people were haters, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. Haters yeah. gonna hate, hate, haters hate, hate. Right? <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift, if she taught me nothing, it's that haters are gonna hate, 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 hate. That's Thank what you. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. You're welcome. The and life you're lessons to move of the day. Like that, which you know you can't do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, exactly. We could do a whole show on Taylor Swift quotes. It's fine. Please let's thing. not. <laughs> well, Grant, we'll tell Maybe everybody else if you want to go. Shake, shake. Yes, yeah. I shake all the time, and it's not from having any disease. I just shake. Um, Grant, if you want to go see Grant and you want to continue this amazing Oscar. Uh, party every year. You can go see Grant down at 9 Bar and Bistro. The party starts at 4 o'clock. It's free to get in, buy some drinks, and just mm-hmm. enjoy people who love the Oscars. Yeah. Why not? There you go. All right, Grant. Thanks Thank for you, calling Grant, in. so much. Good talking to you guys. You as well. You have we'll a great day. You. All right. Bye-bye. And that was Grant uh, Ogren. Grand who Ogren. is uh, going to be down, like I said. He's going to be down watching the Oscars. Hey, why not? I think... Um, I mean, uh, first of all, we already are in the tradition of going to an Oscar viewing party or a gala. I know. Um, we've done it for the we, last three years, I we've think. We've worn tuxedos. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean, wow. This is different. And um, obviously, this is uh, going to be more casual, I think, right. for, for us. But why not go Well, down? it's kind of because it's exhausting. Like, we had so much fun. Oh, but boy, it was, yeah. it, by the end of the night, we were beat. Beat. And I, I tell you, um, the first time we did it, we I mean, we were dressed up. We didn't really yeah. know what was going on. This was yes. our this is uh, just jump in both our feet. Debut with hosting it. Yeah. And so we're we're up there and then as soon as we get down for the Oscar portion, we're just like eating food and as much Kurt's just like shoveling it in. <laughs> Kurt's going to grab it off of the buffet and we're just like, Oh, I want this and then go get me more of yeah, these steaks. Uh, or, yes. Because you know. our only break <laughs> off of being off stage was during the Oscar during the part Oscar itself. Party, yeah. When it went to uh, commercial, we'd have to be back up on stage. Yeah. And so. we had to run and the auction and everything and um and yeah it was listen it was, now a lot <laughs> of you people was, was were time. so kind because we also had a lot of fun doing videos promoting right, that we were going right. to do it and so we would do those were fun as well those are actually still up on our youtube page they so if are. you if you go dig for that um somewhere in the ethernet yeah um, you can find you it you can find it so i know there's lots of fun They're things fun. that we did so i would say the memories Oh, so boy, very worth I tell it. Yeah, yeah. And how how many times did um you know we we go out to Seattle and to do events out there, um and then uh there was there was a time we were we drove there we had something then we in got Seattle, up yeah. in Seattle at eight o'clock to drive all the way to Tri Cities got in at three a.m. and then had to host Pride Tri Cities Pride, Pride the next morning had to be on we stage talk and, about beat yeah. talk about just completely and you have exhausted. to pretend like you're not. Right. So high energy hosting the lots, entire time. Lots of coffee. Oh boy. You wear your sunglasses until right oh before you get on yeah. stage and then you just put give them to curtain run up there. Yeah. And then yeah. yeah. And yet still may, met some amazing people there. But you're right. right. It was one event yeah. and go, all go, the way. <laughs> yeah. That was exhausting. But oh boy. I think we thrive yes. on that. Plus and we thrive on going out into the community and doing do. things that well, are it's positive. A, you know, it's about the people for us and I mean really a lot of work like this um, is people and community oriented and for us right. that's all it's been about it's been about the people the connections um, exactly. the change we can make here mm-hmm. in the northwest and world well and i think so we were recently interviewed by uh, the spokesman so mm-hmm. keep an eye out on the, in the newspaper because that should come out shortly um but we talked about how f- you have to love this work yes. when you've done it for four years and didn't get paid any money so, because right. let's be honest, I mean, you do it because you love the work. You mm-hmm. do it because you love the people. Mm-hmm. You do it, and it's an investment. But anybody who can put four years into it, I, they must believe in what they're doing. Yeah, because it it 
it, I will tell you, it takes more work than you realize. It, so, yes, and that's okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's we did it because it meant something to us, and it continues to. And exactly, and it continues to. And we and our work is not going to stop. Um, no. And you know, we have a lot of projects coming up. We'll tell you more a little bit about that um, towards the end of our show. Yeah. But I'm excited, and I think that you know, you talked a little bit about the message and you know why we're doing the show. And for me, um, it, it's really important because um, the first time I was on the show. Um, this was with the uh, the original crew that you this had. This was, yeah. Uh, you brought me on to kind of talk about it was during the Sochi Olympics mm-hmm. and talk about that and talk about my coming out and, and everything going on in terms of being gay in the Russian community. And that, um, you know, that show really you know, was a turning point for me personally, um, being outspoken about my story um, and understanding that, you know, the response that I got was was incredible. And I, in that moment, understood that I have to use my story for good. I have to use this because the only way I can justify any of this happening to me um, or anybody is that it's going to get better for someone else if right. I do the work. And so, you know, that, that message that you had just I mean, it really does recruit. You, you recruit an army, Jonathan. <laughs> Yay, that's um, what we should and, do. And uh, here I am, you know, um, d- doing this three years later. So Well, it's funny. In the beginning, it's, when it's we crazy. did that, we called. We used to title our shows. Yeah. Um, and that show was called From Russia With Love. Right. Or n- it was actually To Russia With Love. To Russia With Love. Uh, during the Sochi Olympics, there was a, that was when the gay propaganda laws were being talked about yeah. as we got closer to the Olympics over there. And uh, knowing you, I approached you, and I will say, in our crew, we had the conversation of, well, maybe he doesn't want to do this. Um, it's very public. Yeah. Um, and we and didn't know how you would take it, but you did. It was amazing to watch you make the decision you just said, which is, I need to use my platform and my story. Mm -hmm. Um, People really, that resonated with people. And so you would fill in after that. You would fill in whenever someone was going to be sick and we needed someone. I could call you like 15 minutes till, and you're like, I'll be right down. Mm -hmm. And you would fill in when one of the crew, because there used to be four hosts on this show. And then when things changed and there was only me left, you came on board. I did. Um, But you became... I I remember giving you the speech uh, before and letting you know. Listen, you have this is this is gonna be. It takes a, a sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, of your personal life. Of sometimes family doesn't appreciate uh, such public speaking. Always, always <laughs> well, family doesn't appreciate it. Right, yep. but okay. yeah, your family not big fans. No, <laughs> um, but that it you have to understand. Yeah. You know, when I when I uh, came out and did all of my activism that I continue to do, but 20 years ago, it was the same. My my dad was very angry. My mother was very hurt. Right, Why did I have to right. be so outspoken? Why did I have to not shy away? It was the but I knew then it's the same decision for you, and I can't make that decision. As much mm-hmm. as I wanted you to be a part of it, and I knew how important and how good you would be, it's a decision everybody has to make. Absolutely, well, so, uh, it's a decision I hope more people will make. Um, I agree because. Uh, I tell you, you know, silence will not protect. Exactly. And silence only breeds more silence. So Mm -hmm. honestly, speak and be heard. Um, And that's kind of that's kind of the journey. I think that um, looking back onto it and seeing uh, a lot of my, you know, journey of 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 being a young gay man has been tied to the show. Mm -hmm. So it is really, you know, personal to me uh, as well. And and just seeing the growth and seeing um, who it's made me. Um, it's really, really incredible. And I think that um, I would hope that for a lot of people out there that you choose 
um, whether, you, you know, no matter how hard or how tough the time might be, that you choose to take that story and to make something greater out of it because I would not give it up for for anything. Um, I would go I would go through that coming out again and again <laughs> just to be a part of this um, something like this. It's I mean guys, it's incredible. Yeah. Really. And we do and listen, as we work. as we move on, we do hope that there are others who will fill in where we yes, have left. Absolutely. Because it's not about us needing it to be just about us. It's about, it's about the, the voice work. needed to yeah. be yeah. there, and there wasn't one. Right. So we put it in. Now that we leave these airwaves, we hope someone out there wants to take up that banner. Mm-hmm. And we will continue to do our thing, but hopefully more people will will come come be exactly you know after us because we well, we do need that and if anything that the show has shown us is that there is a need for it and there is a place for it and there is a lot of support yes i mean the the community wants and needs a show like this yeah a show that's outspoken about lgbt liberal uh human rights all of these issues yeah. now more than ever more than Ever. Yeah. So why we'll don't do we it. take a music break? <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> this what is are we gonna hear? this is going to be kind of a, a <laughs> sassy buy. <laughs> hey, we to like everybody. The, the sassy. <laughs> Just so you for, don't forget that we are sassy as well as passionate. Yes, we are. Um, this is going to be bye 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 and sync. So Jared P. Scott. So he's the writer, director, and producer of films such as Requiem for the American Dream, Disruption, Do the Math, Split, A Deeper, a Deeper Divide, and has most recent documentary the age of consequences um they have all received critical acclaim from festivals worldwide and his films can be seen on ifc pbs the documentary channel as well as netflix itunes hulu and amazon the age of consequences uh it investigates the Im- impacts of climate change on increased resource scarcity migration the conflict uh through the lens of u.s national and global stability so we'd like to talk to jared p scott on outspoken about this important documentary jared are you there I am. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> it is our pleasure for sure. Can we just start with what inspired you to focus on? It's quite a different angle to look at climate change. What inspired you to do that? Well, you mentioned some of our previous films. Uh, we had made some climate films, Do the Math, Disruption, that 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 endeavored to galvanize um, you know people that you might consider to be in the climate choir. Um, you know, really, really look at it, issues of, of where, we at, where we're at with the science on climate change, the, the moral urgency of now, all things that are very important to, uh, to me, both as a, as, a, as, a, as a citizen and as an environmentalist and, and uh, I, I wouldn't say activist, but as a, someone who's engaged in the issue, right. as well as a storyteller. And I think that after doing that and then having such success getting people to, to wake up to this issue, ish, issue and getting this tremendous response, I guess the idea with, with the Edge of Consequences was how can we do this, um, how can we try to target this message at, at people that, that aren't responding to the, to, the, to the science or to the kind of um, right. the, the morality of the issue. Right. And not to say that, that people don't respond to, um, to understand like, you know, what's just and unjust, but sometimes it just doesn't seem like it's urgent, right? It just, these films can, can somehow... Still makes people feel like, well, this environmental issue is still an esoteric issue, and I'm even mm-hmm. saying environmental issue. Where right. obviously in this film, the consequences, we said, well, what if we looked at it more as a security issue? What if we looked, at, uh, you know, not as an environmental issue, and started to try to look at how to how to reach out to people that were not our our traditional allies in the mm-hmm. sphere? Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, this film uh, works for for the documentary film going audience. It works for. 
um, you know, environmentalist, uh, if, if you self-identify as that, but also people that, that, you know, I don't know, can now look at it, maybe have a kitchen conversation table about this as a security issue, as a national security issue. And I think that was really important to us. And we kind of started with that idea or that thesis, and, and it kind of worked backwards to build the story around it. So, you know, you, you do talk about how it's the national security aspect of it and global warming and climate change has not. I mean, it's been confirmed by not only scientists, but military personnel, national security agencies and even the people, you know, themselves. We're all on board with it. We know that it's a thing. Why do you think it's failed to become a top priority for our national security focus? Uh, politics. <laughs> I think it's politics. Uh, I mean, you know. Look, I think that also another reason why we made this film, too, is, you know, I, kind of, I lament the politicization of this issue. You know, it's one thing if, if the ways to deal with the issue are politicized. You know, uh, you might be for a fee and dividend. I might be for cap and trade. Um, we might see different ways to put a price on carbon. But we recognize that there's a collective problem. I think the, the difficult thing with this issue is, for some reason, um, uh, it still boggles my mind that, that there's certain sectors that want to deny the existence of the problem. Now, on one hand, I understand that. It's, it's um, you know, I think Al Gore got it right years ago. It, it is an inconvenient truth to think about. I mean, it really is, because once you start thinking about this and once you start recognizing the problem, you're then inclined to do something about it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you're ignorant, yeah. you get a pass. And I think that it's, uh, it's, I understand, you know, why you don't want to keep learning about right. this stuff. It's right. frightening. It's it terrifying. is. It's scary. And then, you, and then you feel compelled to do something. And, and that's not always easy, because it's a really difficult problem to attack, you know, there's mm-hmm. not this one single action that we can all do that's going to fix it. Um, and I think that we suffer from this single action bias. You know, just say, like, "Hey, tell me, the, tell me what I can do, and I'll do it." But it's really like, okay, it's kind of like, it's kind of like how the price of liberty is. Um, you know, this endless kind of, uh, you know, this endless lifelong uh, pursuit to right. uh, to keep kind of battling, you know, the corrosive, you know, aspects that kind of infringe upon our democracy. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of idea with science. If you have to, it's a, okay, get up every day and try to keep keep fighting and, and mm-hmm. keep figuring out ways to deal with this and keep changing your behaviors and hopefully, you know, working towards systemic change. I mean, it's really, it's really a tough thing. It's not as simple as, you know, obviously riding a bike or, or, or changing your light bulbs. Although, mm-hmm. you know, I think that those, those behavioral choices can create um, attitudinal shifts, and, and that, you know, I think lays the basis for these these larger uh, paradigm shifts. Well, but, uh, I think you make yeah. a great point when you, I mean, it's asking people to have consistent participation, and I think mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the, you mentioned liberty, I mean, it's the hardest thing of citizenship is to not be lazy and realize we all have to take an active, and it's not, uh, oh, I did this and I saved the world, we're all good, it's, you have to actively... And consistently do something. And one of the things this film brings home, especially in just the first line itself, Age of Consequences, uh, you show us or you have a soundbite in there of this great speech that says, listen, it's no longer in our future. Even if we think it's just five or ten years, it's affecting us today. So as you talk about this, you know, participation and, and that it's not an easy one you know, one answer fixes it all. What do you think on a grassroots level people can do? Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, the, the quote that I meant to say earlier was, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. But that's oh, yeah, how yeah. I feel. Um, but yeah, I think when it comes to, and that's, that's like a, I think that goes way back into American history. Um, the, you know, I, I think that uh, with, with this film, you know, I, I think that we really wanted to, another thing that I kept thinking about was was just that, 
if people don't recognize there's a problem, they're not going to be inclined to find a solution. And you guys, you know, you guys watch the film, and it, yes. it sounded like there was a lot of chatter um, <laughs> afterwards. And it, you know, it it is it's like you get punched in the stomach, you know, repeatedly for seventy minutes. And, and we try to we try <laughs> yeah. to have this kind of hopeful turn, you know, because I, I, right. I am an optimist. Yeah. You know, I'm a you know I, I believe in you know a sobering sense of optimism of mm. a of a grounded sense of you know, hope, um, a mature sense of hope. Because, I mean, it's, it's not, um, you know, we're, we're, we can't stop this. You know, we can't stop climate change. We can prevent cataclysmic disaster, but we can't, you know, even if we, we all, like, you know, stop burning fossil fuels today, we're, we're still locked in to a certain amount of warming that's going to have a, um, a yet-to-be-determined um, impact on our, on our, you know, on, on how it is that uh, we, we live. And I think in the film, you know, you mentioned, you know, yeah, it's happening now. I think that oftentimes we think it's going to happen on down the road. But when you see climate change interact with other sociopolitical factors now, when you look at systemic risk, when you look at how these, these what we, we have in the film is something called a nexus that, that right. walks you through how these, these factors interrelate and overlap, you realize that it's not necessarily that climate change comes in and it's this one big climactic moment that we can all point to and go, well, that's climate change and it did this. Right. It's that it's actually that more malevolent kind of uh, subtle like tampering with every single thing um, in a way where it's a linchpin of all these other issues and it's interconnected and and you start seeing how, you know, it made this two to three times worse than it should have been. Right. Or man-made activity made this worse and this worse. And that played a role in this. And that exacerbated this. And that, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. agitated this. Yeah, and it's a chain how, reaction. And, yeah. and, and that, actually, that's what frightens me the most. It's not about having this crystal clear kind of, well, you know, this storm was because of climate change. It's the fact, you know, as, as Bill McKibben, McKibben lamented in his a fantastic book in 1989 called The End of Nature, it's that we can no longer discern an act from God and an act from man. You know, you look at the freakish weather we just had here, you know, it was 70 degrees uh, two days ago in New York. It's not like you look at that and you go, it's climate change. It's actually, you you don't, you know, you can no longer say it's an act of nature. You can't just say, oh, the weather's weird. At the same time, you can't say, you know, well, look what we're responsible for doing. That wild card um, Mm -hmm. is what frightens me. And that wild card is what obviously frightens you know, I think anybody who looks at risk and managing risk, whether it's insurance companies, investors, or the U.S. military, and of course mm-hmm. we decided to look at how the U.S. military examines and analyzes risk and sees climate change as a as a risk, um, as a severe uh, risk to our national security, and mm-hmm. what that assessment looks like, right. more and so than management. Obviously, I think this film's a risk assessment, not a risk management. Um, you know, kind of uh, right. Uh, Well, you know, and as you mentioned that, I would say that um, this takes a holistic view because it seems like one thing affects the other and the other. And that is not how we work, especially in our country, is we try to band-aid a lot and don't bother getting down to what's actually happening. One of the amazing things uh, this documentary does is it brings... Uh, it brings points together that connect to actual hot-button issues that are happening right now, like the whole refugee situation in Europe and how migration can be affected by climate change, which causes social unrest, which causes these political you know, tensions. Can you speak more to people uh, who haven't seen the documentary yet about that aspect? Yeah, I think, I think the concept is pretty simple. Um, like, climate change makes everything worse. You know, as we as we just kind of mentioned, a few uh, ways of understanding that. You know, it, it's it is 
it is this great exacerbator. So, so you look at all these, these, these problems in the world, and what we wanted to do in the film, too, is kind of go beyond the headlines. So when you see the civil war in Syria that's now turned into a, uh, you know, what looks like a failed state, if you see what, um, you know, the, the, the widespread Arab Spring unrest, and you mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. what's about to happen in Bangladesh and what's mm-hmm. happening, um, and what's happened in the Sahel for years, um, you know, and uh, and in many parts of Africa, you see how you see resource scarcity, you see competition, you see um, these conflicts, you see these tensions, and I think you know under that, uh, as our as our interview interviewees point out uh, time and time again in the film, there is this climate backdrop, and I think that we're very careful. Like I said, you know, we don't we we had a lot of caveats. In fact, I think that we've gotten criticized for having too many caveats in the film. Um, kind of returning uh, time and time again to the idea that, you know, remember, climate change is just one of the factors. Right. But you just, it's, to, to not, to not, you know, it, clearly this is, it's, like I said, it's, it's simple. It's complicated how those all interre- and inter- interact. You know, it's not just like, you know, uh, you know, A begets B and you get this result. It's kind of, it's this, it's this dynamic interplay. But, you know, clearly the Department of Defense has, has been looking at this as well as, right. as, well as a number of, right. um, uh, of other academics, uh, you know, in this field. I mean, this idea of climate and security. Uh, I mean, you know, clearly you can look at climate and, 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 you know, securities, you know, you see economics or health or a number of other ways that, you know, climate plays a factor. I mean, you, when you see Bill Gates, who was looking at disease and had to go, well, I can't really solve malaria unless we address climate change. Right. You know, there, it's, it's not that, it's not that crazy to see that, that this is an issue that affects other issues. So we just try to draw those links and draw those uh, and, and kind of connect those dots for people in the film. And I think mm-hmm. to, to drive home, to, to harken back to what you mentioned uh, you know, a few questions ago, it underscores the urgency of now. It right. really does, right. because you see that even just, you know, and, and I think Frank Famia says this really, really eloquently um, in the film. It's like in, in other areas, we wouldn't accept, you know, we don't accept any, any you know, kind of... Uh, percentage of risk it's unacceptable right, yes. if, right if you know like the idea that the, like that we could you know a percentage of a terrorist terrorist attack hacking happening in new york you right. know why would we you know why would we accept that we would do everything in our power to mitigate that risk mm-hmm. um nuclear weapons we do everything in our power to mitigate that risk and so with climate change why would we not do everything in right. our power right. to mitigate that risk well, and, and talking about, you know, ignoring climate change and now, I mean, I want to kind of bring up the new administration um, that we have here. And it's a big threat to many things, but climate change uh, is probably at the top of that list. Uh, Trump is still a denier and will do everything he can to undo the progress of the U- uh, that the U.S. has made in climate change. And I think that, um, you know, despite that his stance on that, I think that the economy and um, you know, uh, the marketplace are irreversibly shifting towards green and sustainable. And with the help mm-hmm. of China and India, you know, the world can stop the rate at which our planet is warming. How do you feel about that? Are you more on the optimistic side or do you think that we need to be doing a lot more to stop global warming right now? I mean, I think that, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic, but like yeah. it's a sobering optimism because right. it's not going to be, um, it's not going to just be this inevitable I think that certain things will be inevitable, but it's a question of time, right? I mean, eventually we are going to have to shift to a, uh, you know, a, a renewable economy. But, but fossil fuel interests are going to fight tooth and nail to hang right, on right. Uh, to that for a long time. I mean, you look at sunk costs, you look at the economic investment, you look at um, you know, uh, just the, 
the amount of you know the amount of stockpiles of, of fossil fuels that are waiting to be burned. Right. Um, you know, I think you know people talk about unburnable assets and, and stranded assets and that. That's a whole other economic conversation. But you know, I think that they're going to they're going to they're going to fight for that. But ultimately, I mean, we are heading in into this direction of renewables. And it's a good thing. There's, there's, there's no God, to get our to get our you know to get energy from 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 the wind and from the sun. Uh, right. You know, from from clean sources. I mean, who could be against that? Like, right. There's no. There's no and, and and it's also it's just unstoppable. You look at the growth rate in yeah, solar. Absolutely. Um, you know, we talk about coal jobs and I and I believe in a just transition and, and you know, I think that we have to respect what our um, our friends in the coal industry, the the miners, those on the ground have done. We have to work to to, mm-hmm. to honor that legacy but but shift to a to mm-hmm. a new, brighter future. I mean exactly. but even if you went and tried to save all those jobs, as the president said, um, it, it pales with with what jobs you can create with solar, yes. and I don't have the numbers, but I feel like I read these things and kind of go in one ear and out the other. Right. But uh, it's it's an incredible gulf between between the two. I mean, solar is just on the rise, and it's just unstoppable. Absolutely. And it's just getting cheaper and cheaper and yeah. cheaper. And I think the point that we make in our film, you know, looking at it through the military lens, through the lens of the Pentagon and and our men and women in uniform, is that this, you know a lot of these these men and women have come home. From these wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, and 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 entered into the solar industry. I mean, you look at the solar industry. Ten percent of the solar industry is made up of U.S. veterans. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's the highest percentage of vets in any in any industry. And you see the job growth, and it's just incredible. I mean, whether you believe in climate change doesn't matter. Solar, solar, the solar industry is a is a fantastic place to create jobs and who is against job creation exactly. no matter what right. your political persuasion might right. be so i think that you know I, i'm really optimistic you know whenever i meet people that work for these companies the only people that i ever meet that unanimously they're all just like i love my job <laughs> like they right. they love it. it they're they're brimming with excitement um because of you know what it does uh, you know really the job growth the, the money that's there to be made and and it's just you know it's clean i mean yeah. you know you don't yeah. you don't walk home with with blood in your hands. I mean, how beautiful is that? And, it's, and these are all jobs that can't be uh, can't be exported. You know, you you know, people are going to have to come in and and put those in uh, on your roof, and they have to maintain right. them. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, the, the photovoltaics might be created elsewhere, but but these are jobs that are here to stay. Uh, they can't be exported. Right, so I mean, like right. you know, as a you know, m- most Americans can agree on this, and you know, I think it's really and you know, it's really powerful. It's been really powerful for me in making this film. You know who? Um, you know before this would would you know instill. I look to some of the great environmental minds that have enlightened me on this issue. It's been great to see our the veterans uh, in this country come home and understand both the threat of climate change and the need to secure America with renewable energy and yes. to build a a clean a clean energy future. I mean, it's really been it's just really exciting. And we're actually working with groups like Operation Free, that which has a nationwide coalition of of vets that. That both understand the threat and are working towards, um, you know, uh, to accelerating our clean energy future. Work with clean capital. Um, uh, we're trying to. We have a, a campaign. You can go on our website and see where there's something called uh, Clean Jobs for Vets. And we're working with with these groups. Um, you know, Solar Ready Vets has a great program. So you know, going back to the administration, I hope a lot of these these um, these groups, Solar Ready Vets, Skill Bridge. Um, uh, God, there's a number of other that aren't coming to mind that were kind of came came you know kind of came to more prominence under the Obama administration won't be scrapped because right. if this new administration they're they're scrapping jobs if they do that I yeah. mean you have you have so many men and women are coming you know we're drawing down our military they're coming they're they're looking to get jobs 
These programs were training them to enter the workforce, a workforce that is growing, a workforce that has a legacy of helping vets. It's just, it's all good. There's nothing wrong with it. And I pray that the, that the administration doesn't tinker with that. Right. That's, and uh, I think with this... That's the political failure. Yeah. With this administration and with Pruitt now, I really think money talks. So if they can start looking at the numbers and realize, I mean, it's unfortunate. Other things should convince them. But I mean, if, if they see the numbers, I think they would also have to agree. Like you said, you can't disagree with more, more jobs and, mm-hmm. you know, doing better and moving to a future instead of, you know, relying on a finite resource. But... You talk about, you know, you take such a positive uh, view of it all. I think, do you agree that the 2015 Paris Climate Summit seemed to be even a positive turn for the world, for more countries being involved? What were your views on that summit? Um, and do you mm. think it, it, is, it is as hopeful as some of us feel? Yeah, you know, I think you can look at it two ways, right? I mean, I think you can, you can look at all the positive. I mean, you can make a pro and con list, right? I mean, mm-hmm, it's positive mm-hmm. because, you know, all these countries came together and agreed yeah. to, right. to, you know, to, to try to put a cap on their emissions, like, you know, uh, in a voluntary way. Um, and there's all this beautiful stuff about that. At the same time, it's voluntary. Uh, it's yeah. not mandatory. True. And, true. you know, there's something called the emissions gap. And that's where you look at what countries have pled, have said, this is what we need to do, you know, mitigate warming under two degrees Celsius, pre-industrial levels, right? But if you add up all the proposals and those independent analysis, we'll look, you know, we'll see that that looks at like four degrees, some say six right. degrees. Right. So that's, that's a gap in what we're, that what we're saying, like what we need to do and what we're on track to do. And, you know, look, with the, with the, the ongoing recognition of this as a major problem, with raising awareness, there's been an equal rise in the acceleration of our emissions. It's not like it's not it's not like with our with this growing awareness that all of a sudden like emissions are going down. They're still going up. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know how to reconcile that in my mind, you know, because even when we say we're going to do all this stuff and all this great stuff is happening in the renewable field, you still see emissions going up. I think that, you know, when when Germany had a banner year in renewables back in 2015, I think their emissions still went up one percent. I don't know what it was like last year. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I don't you know, that's tough for me. Because, mm-hmm. like, it seems like with all this positive, we still seem right. to be in this hole, right? Right, right. Um, But, you know, Paris, I mean, I think Paris on a symbolic level um, is, is really, it's really, it's a really important step. If I wanted to see, say, be cynical, I could also say this was the 21st time we met. Um, <laughs> right. And, you know, it took us 21 mm-hmm. years to do it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look, I, look I, I am positive about that. And I, and I do think that, you know, this is how uh, these things often work. You've got to start somewhere. And you got to keep improving and keep building. And the way that's supposed to work is we're supposed to keep bringing, you know, new, um, new and improved um, uh, ways of dealing with uh, emissions. You know, kind of keep to keep raising the bar and to keep combat, combating combating those, those. You know, kind of keep, right. keep strengthening right. strengthening those commitments. Excuse me. So, um, you know, hopefully we're on track to do that. And I think the world's going to push ahead. I mean, I think that, you know, and once again, I, I feel like it's so hard to keep up with the news cycle these days. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I just feel like I'm, I'm constantly being bombarded. And like, I'm just trying to, like, deal with the reaction of something before I can even <laughs> process what it means. True. But from what I get, um, you know, I know that when the new administration came in, they wanted to, I think, quote, unquote, cancel Paris. But I think the <laughs> yeah. way that it's set up, yeah. and you guys might know better than I, that there's something like, it'll, something that'll be like a three-year process to really withdraw from that. Right, it doesn't yeah. seem like a thing that, and you know, like, look, companies and the people want to know what to do, what the regulations are going to be. And, and you know, I, I, I don't think that 
you know, we want to keep going back and forth on that. I think that we want to try to... to, we want to, to yeah, exactly. We want to be committed yeah. somewhere, and we want to know we're doing yeah, something. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. and you really hope that the U.S. leads, but, yes, you know, right yeah. now we're, we, well, we, we're not. And, and you know, I think the world would be a better place if we did. I, you know, I agree, and I think that we can lead, you know, the world, and in terms of Paris as well, into into that, you know, that sphere. But I also, you know, kind of thinking about it, Developing countries uh, are going to be hit the first and the hardest by global uh, warming and climate change. But yet, I feel like they're the countries that have the most, you know, fertile lands to use, um, like like um, the Asia consequences mentioned in Africa, and as well as they don't have that systematic energy grid to fight. So they can go sustainable right away. What are your thoughts on that? What role do you think developing countries are going to play in in fighting climate change? No, it's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, we did a short film on Dan Nocera a few years ago who uh, invented the artificial leaf. And, you know, his whole take was that, that developing countries are going to make richer countries want this technology because right. they're going to demand it, they're going to use it, they're going to implement it. And, of course, I think a lot of people look at, you know, make the connection to, like, look at, like, computers, you know, mm-hmm. supercomputing. Mm-hmm. It used to be done in this, you know, you had this mainframe and everyone would go into a place. And then, of course, you know, there's, now we have these these laptops that's distributed. You know, same with cell phones. You know, that's yeah, a good example. Right. You know, like where we spend all this time laying down these lines, and the developing world just leapfrogged right over that and just got cell. Absolutely. So you know, I mean, I think the the same thing is they're they're ripe for um, you know in certain places where there's fossil fuel interest in the developing world. I think it's going to be more difficult. But, but yeah, a lot of these places that you, know, you have to realize. I think what is it? I mean, there's the two billion people without without energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's not just the people that are, the, as, as population increases, that are going to to demand, um, you know, energy. It's, it's people that, that right now that just don't have it. And yeah. you're right. It's, I mean, yeah. renewables seem like it's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> Why not deliver right. <laughs> yeah. and spend it's money, um, yeah. you know, in, in, a, in a source that, that, uh, that is clean and cheap and, and, and much better for people in every single way? So yeah, I, I do hope to see to see more of that. I mean, I think that we're gonna. You still need you still need the the richer countries of the world to, to I think lead in that investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're seeing amazing things happen in Germany and Sweden. I mean, it's 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 incredible. So I mean, like I I, I do. And there also there's still great stuff happening in the states. I mean, there's stuff happening in Texas and Iowa and all over the place that that really you know it's shocking to see how much you know how much energy we're we're getting from renewables and it doesn't seem to be national news but um but you know i you know I, it's once again it's, all these things make me very optimistic but you know, i think i think we're going to have to go that way um you know and, and, and harkening back to the film here we just wanted to try to let people know this is a problem and yes. then i think that you know that is going to i guess hopefully help people wake up and see these solutions not as just these things that are eventually going to come down the pike, but things that they want to they want to embrace right now. Exactly. And as we wind down this interview, first of all, I think maybe instead of watching um, Finding Dory, that this should be screened at the White House. I'm just saying, as Sergey and I said yesterday, it is terrifying, but optimistic. That's the beauty of this film. It's truth, but it does offer hope. And I, I want to end on a quote in the film that is, I think, the most hopeful, which is, um, it says, we did not end the Stone Age because we ran out of stones. Basically, humans have the ability to to move on and to transition if we only choose to do those things. And I think that hope, if we can take it and harness it now, is uh, exactly where we need to go. Now, before we let you go, um, can you tell, where are we going to see Age of Consequences? Where can people access your work 
and 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 be able to have these conversations themselves. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you know, we are we're 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 thankful to have um, distribution in a traditional sense, um, both with PBS worldwide um, in the U.S. working with the Film Collaborative on a theatrical level with Gravitas for um, our VOD, our digital, and um, a yet-to-be-announced uh, major U.S. cable um, nice. broadcaster and streamer. So that's all exciting. Um, and also Tug is, is working with us. So we, we ha- we're, kinda, we're gonna be rolling out in several places. Uh, you know, select theaters, select theaters now, you can find us um, you know, in certain cities. Um, we will be releasing digitally soon. I mean, the best way though, with all that, which is fantastic, I mean, what, what we're really excited about is we have, we have an impact team. The executive producer is also our director of outreach, Sophie Robinson, and we're with two other, other impact producers. And what we're really trying to do and what we've, we've been really excited about is reaching out to universities, to, uh, to organizations, to um, government groups, to security groups, uh, anybody who, who you know, has a, a member base or an email list or you know, colleagues, and just trying to, to screen the film in settings where people can get together, have an offline experience. You know, film's a low-entrance barrier. You know, anyone can watch it 80 minutes. You know, it's yeah. not too long, and, and have a conversation about this. So that's been really exciting. And you can figure out how to host a screening or see the film on our website, theageofconsequences.com. And, of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter, similar, uh, The Age of Consequences uh, on, on, on Facebook, and I think it's AO Consequences on Twitter. So, I mean, really, you, you know, it's, that's the social action continuum, right? You tell two friends, they tell two friends. Exactly, friends. yeah. yeah and right. um, we're really trying to empower people to, to host, um, you know, really universities especially, and, and try to have that grassroots initiative as well as the traditional Exactly. And uh, Mr. Scott, first of all, we appreciate you even uh, taking time to have this conversation conversation with us. We loved this film. Not only is the information so important, but the way it is shot, if I have to be absolutely. a technical geek, yeah. the way it is shot is absolutely phenomenal. Is awesome. um, so this, this has it all for everyone. And uh, please go out there and continue the amazing work that you do. And thanks for taking time to be with us. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the, the one last comment I'll make sure. for that is, you know, you mentioned the cinematic aspect. I mean, you know, just so people understand, it's not it's not this this film that you should go see because it's good for you. Right. Um, you know, it also is an entertaining film. Um, right. Maybe not entertaining in in the way that you think of as certain blockbusters in Hollywood are. But I mean, it's it, we tried to make it uh, cinematic. We tried to use different techniques to make it interesting. So it wasn't just this dry kind of uh, string of thoughts and an essay that that you know you should know. But but hopefully that it that it that it takes you on an experience that it plays like a film, yes. although it still is a subject essay oriented one. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully yeah that that those you know ultimately we have to we have to also entertain you and not just you know stick something in front of you and say eat it it's good for you exactly and I think you definitely deliver it so thank you sir we know you're you're a busy a busy man but thank you so much for being with outspoken oh absolutely thanks so much for having me mm-hmm. have a great Bye. day cheers. And that was Jared P. Scott. He's the writer, director, and producer of the new documentary film, The Age of Consequences. It deals with climate change and how it actually affects our security, our and national social security yeah, and exactly. global security. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Definitely, we both saw it, and yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Two terrifying thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's but probably hopeful, the best way to put it. But hopeful. Hopeful, terrifying thumbs up. There you go. Yes. Um, there we'll you go. we'll take a song break and then we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more about that and wrap up our show. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. That was one of our favorite attitude singers. That's right. Pink. I listen. I listen to her before work sometimes when I don't want to go to work, oh, and I'm just like, "Listen up. up!" Yeah, gets you pumped up. I think that morning um, uh, soundtrack is helpful. It is. Yeah, and to there's attack a, the day. There's a, there's a few different kinds you can have. You there can are, have the like, "Okay, bye. I'm over today," or the yeah, yeah. I just need to get into whatever it. gets you like. Mm-hmm. Pumped up and ready. Yep. That's what what needs to happen. Trust me, I know. Yeah, true. I uh, get you on that. Yeah, but anyways, that was uh, Jared Peacock and um, yeah, Age I, of Consequences. Age of Consequences. What a fantastic documentary! It is really well done. Yes, you should see it. it. And is terrifying. It's very <laughs> scary, but um, uh, but it, there's hope. Terrifyingly, in it. they optimistic. show you some hope. Yes, and yeah. it is a beautiful film. I encourage everyone to watch it. I mean, who hasn't seen you know a global warming, climate change right. documentary before? We all have, and we all know that it's one of those things you don't want to look in the face and you don't no. want to deal with because it's scary. It is, yeah. and it's hard to deal with. It and really is. And it even starts, so the, the documentary opens with a quote that mm-hmm. speaks to that very part of humanity, yeah. which is, yeah. we must contemplate some extremely unpleasant possibilities just because we want to avoid them. Exactly. But the only way to avoid them is to actually contemplate them. Yeah. I find the fascination with what's going on right now with refugees mm-hmm. in uh, the Middle East. It's a, it's crazy. Syrian refugees, people dying right. in boatloads right. because they're so desperate to get out of where they were. To look at the droughts that have caused mm-hmm. social mm-hmm. unrest and realize yep. that the world is... Whether you want it to be or not, the world is global. It's connected. That our community cannot be isolated. America is not isolated. That everything we all affect each other. And that's why it's so important. One, Another guy on there said that the only border really is that the only real border is the atmosphere. atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Everything else is permeable, period. Absolutely. So you can have a wall. You can have whatever you want to keep people out. Yeah. But in the end, those borders can always work, be yeah. infiltrated and, and people can always listen, get through. Our economy doesn't really have borders because we have imports well, and exports can't. and we have to survive relying on each other. There's right. certain things that you just cannot have without another. Yeah, and so Absolutely. This, this fear, this backward yeah. momentum and that, that mm-hmm. the administration currently uses to scare you, which is, no, it must be us first. It must be we are an island unto ourselves. That is not sustainable. Not at all. And it can't be. No. And so why? And let's be honest, we're not the only country going mm-hmm. through this right now. A lot of European nations right. are also being very nationalistic. The problem is the world is a world. It's like I said, the only border is the atmosphere. There is no real borders between countries until we realize Mm -hmm. that we all need to figure out a way to work together. You will always fail. Exactly. Because... Things that happen here affect people over there, which in turn affects you here. I mean, listen, it's a cycle. And we get that. And I get that we only focus on a piece because it's easier to help you. It's kind of like for our world, Mm -hmm. when we go into film work, you can make someone think that it's a large house, but you only use tight shots of specific areas and people fill in the rest. So you can can trick people by just saying this little piece and not 
talking you don't see about the, the, yeah. the other issues that are being played. That's what I right. love about this documentary is it says we're going to look at the whole like the climate change and everything, but it's an important part of what's creating exactly. this problem today. Well, and and that's kind of what uh, he talked about was that it's a big piece. It's not the sole cause, right. but it's a big piece because it's a catalyst. It's a catalyst exactly. It causes things to escalate much faster, and and we can't have that. And um, the big thing I have to say to climate deniers is that. First of all, you don't really matter. I hate saying that, but you really don't. Because 97% of scientists and every single defense uh, agency and national security agency has said this is a problem, a top yes. priority. Yes. You're going to have to get on board. If 97% of people told you, if you get in that car right now, you're going to crash, you're probably not going to get in that right. car and drive. Right. Why are we saying, well, but there's a chance 3% that we're going to... So that is because awful I feel odds. more comfortable pretending this isn't real, exactly. I'm going to go to that 3%. And because you don't want to take the work and take the time to mm -hmm. fix it. That's yes. not an excuse. Yes, yes this is... Get your, there. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you completely 100 yeah. Yeah. And we we need to start having that reality check with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about in the interview, life basically takes participation. So yeah. just and we said it during the a, a lot of our fight to the Supreme Court for LGBT right, rights right. for marriage equality. Just because you uh, cover your eyes and put your fingers on your ears. Guess what? When you take, you know, mm -hmm. uncover your eyes and take your fingers mm -hmm. out of your ears. I'm still here. Exactly. Like, this gay man didn't stop existing because you wanted me to. Right. I still exist. Exactly. So that's not an answer. No. You still have the the reality is you can want something not to be there, but if it's truth, mm -hmm. you can't get away from it. So right. either you can get out of the way, right, or you can support it, or you can be left behind. And that's what I'm fine doing to you. Exactly. Bye bye. Because bye it, bye bye. Yeah. bye. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Insync. Right. Thank you, NSYNC. NSYNC. They knew. Um. Yeah. I mean, if you're here's the thing. If you're in the way of a uh, stampede, they will trample you. You, they you, will. you have to either run with them or get out. And, and it's the truth. It's a, it yeah. is the truth. I, I had an interesting conversation with someone uh, at work about, I, I mean, first of all, I can't believe this is a conversation that we're having because it seems so simple to me. And I understand why we're having it. But bathroom laws. Oh, why ridiculous. are we fighting over Absolutely where ridiculous. you have to go we why do you right? have to go yeah. uh fight over that i mean you should be able to, to me it's common sense that hey you're the one that has to do it do whatever you want yeah, go wherever you, you feel need. comfortable yeah honestly that's fine um but as long as you're not peeing on me we're good <laughs> exactly that's what I'm saying. and and if you are there there probably there had to be some consent <laughs> right there were other things that had to be talked about but it's that conversation to me and it's fascinating to me that um so many people are so concerned with protecting their children in bathrooms and i get it it's a, it's a flawed argument mm. it's not a it's real a thing flawed argument and, and it's, it's based on fear fear and propaganda yeah, it's not a that, real thing that certain right-wing exactly. institutions have had it's not based on fact there's zero instances of that happening zero and I'm pretty sure that if someone wanted to go and do something to your child in a bathroom, they the nothing stopping them right now. Stop, yeah, there's the nothing isn't there. Isn't the thing that That's makes exactly. it better? No one, easy. no one's it's gonna put an a answer. wig on and then go do. No, no one needs to. Do and that. for us to get stuck to. in that argument is ridiculous. Is it? It is ridiculous. So but here's the thing that made me mad. Recently, yeah. of course, Obama yeah. had put the Title IX had mm -hmm. put the Obama administration sent a letter mm -hmm. to all the schools saying this is how. I, we should approach this. Right. All right. students should be able to use the bathroom, trans or not. This is how this is going to work. Right. They should use the bathroom of their choice. And then, of course, recently, mm -hmm. the Trump administration took it back. Took it off. And yep. took that off thing. And this is what made me mad. When your politics are more important than children, yeah. that's the problem. Exactly. And until Exa we all can you. wake up and go, this has nothing to do with protecting thank our you. children. It doesn't. Because, no. first of all, it's hurting children. Yeah. And secondly, it's all about your politics. Yeah. 
And your politics Absolutely. have no place here. And you know no what? Place. You're so concerned about, quote unquote, protecting children from bathroom laws or, or whatever your reasoning is, but you're not going to protect them from guns. You're not going to protect them from school shootings. You're not going to protect them from climate change. You're not going to. Yeah. All of these things, you're not going to protect them. So, yeah. oh, you just care about this. Okay. Got yeah, it. But no, why? I'm on First board with all, you. Where got did it. you get. If and you look at the information you're yeah. getting, did you actually do research? Did, did you research or did you allow someone to tell you yeah. that this is just, oh, think this way. Okay, mm-hmm. I will. Thank you. Well, thanks yeah. for not being active in your own life. Right. Appreciate it. And here's the thing. I'm going to, okay. Are you Settle down. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelt because we go. you're, we're going on a trip here. Let's okay? take it. Take because it. the answer to the whole bathroom situation, no. uh, we're going to go on this, is super simple. Mm-hmm. A lot of these places have single-use stalls. Yep. It's changing a sign to say male slash female. You mean or this, even this say family unisex? You what mean, is what you're saying? To it's me? a sign, unisex, people. Yeah. It's a sign. That's yeah. all you have to. You don't have to build out any new bathroom. No. You change a no. sign. I yeah. could go in there and print off a sign for like <laughs> ten cents and then stick it on there. Yes, it's and that there simple. You, go. you fixed it. If yeah. simple, fixed it. simple. Here's the thing. No one. Don't. Don't we fight all need about to this. go do our business, and then Thank we, <laughs> and that's all we're in there for. You're and then in there we for want number one leave. and number two, exactly. And if you're uncomfortable, do it at home. Yeah. But this does not God, concern just, you. You're just going. It pains me the, that this yeah. is where we're at with our society when we have bigger fish to fry. A and lot. this is a big fish to fry. I mean, the safety well, of trans people is created this yeah. exactly. But that's it. Yeah. It's Anyways, stop. sorry. That's my little rant. Stop being jerks. <laughs> that's pretty much. The don't rule be a of D. life. Yes, don't be a D is <laughs> don't correct. Be a D. Is correct. So as we wind down our final 10 minutes, 11 minutes maybe, of Outspoken. Yes. We have been yes. in your ears on the, oh boy. on the airwaves. You've listened to us in the podcast version mm-hmm. after the show that we put up, that we'll put up this one as well. Um, Outspoken has shown up, done, yes. done what we said we were going to do, and now this week is it. Week. We don't come here every week. Every Sunday to this studio, we don't hit the buttons on the door to, mm-hmm. to let us in. Um, and so it's it's very surreal. It's, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, I'm looking around and I'm seeing, you know, the brick and, and the equipment and everything. And um, it, this is not a feeling we're going to have again. And that is always whatever whatever you, you do in life, you know, it's that last moment of yeah. this is the final time. Yeah. Whether it's for good or not. Exactly. It always yeah. it, and if it moves you and if it touched you, that yeah. means it, it did a beautiful thing exactly. for your life. So allow it to do what it needs to do. Right. Yeah. It, it yeah. reminds me of when you do theater and yes. you're doing that final show. And yes. you before yeah. you do it, you're like this. I mean, it's been months of work, yeah. rehearsals and learning. And yep. sometimes you didn't want to be there. And sometimes you laid on that theater floor and you're like, I kind of hate this right, right now. I'm exhausted. And doing that last show, you're like, wow, it was all so worth it. And yeah. I, I'm just going to enjoy this last show. This one's for me kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And then you get out and you, you know, it's, it's, you, you break the set, you, you take everything down and then you go. Yes, it's true. And it's Very done. True. Um, I want to say something. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been years. Yes. Um, I came here from Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm. and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pitch a show that I would like to hear. Um, and I, I was working my day job in a call center, and I, I pitched the show, and I thought, you know what? They're probably going to get back to me like six months. Mm. They got to me the same week and mm. said, this sounds like a great show. Let's do it. I had basically three, uh, 30 days to find a group to, to make the show I pitched happen, um, and that included picking co everything. So... Uh, 
Crazy Ride, we had no idea we would end up talking to celebrities on the show. The first, you know, four or five months we didn't. Lily Tomlin changed everything for us. She agreed to come on. And then we started having more and more celebrities come on. We had politicians on the show. Mm -hmm. And it became this amazing. And I've said it from the beginning. A show, a project will tell you what it wants to be. And it is only your job to decide if that is something you would like to continue because that show has a mission and it knows it. And it's you can either recognize it right. or you can move on. So we chose in this, in this crew, in this building, that we would recognize it no matter how hard and weird the changes were going to yeah. be and we would do it. The changes led me to a crazy, weird, dysfunctional producer named Kurt and <laughs> who came on board and and was amazing. Yeah, that's him. That's <laughs> him. Weird, crazy, there. dysfunctional. Yeah, he's yeah. behind the behind the <laughs> the window back there. And then it uh, through crazy things in life. It, oh, it uh, loopholes. brought you into mm-hmm. this. Um, and we worked very hard together, and we created something that I never knew I could share a dream with someone who could understand it and you speak its language and you embody it in ways that I'm, I'm pretty lucky uh, that I, I do have a partner in crime in that. So um, I, I, I am very thrilled that we continue to work f- together and yeah. that we continue our work as we move on from this. And there is let's at cheesy time. Are you ready for cheesy time? I'm ready for cheesy. So time. Um, there are some lyrics from a song that means a lot to me. Sure. And uh, we don't have to play the song, but I'm going to I am going to read you something that means a lot. <laughs> okay. And you know what? It not only speaks to my relationship with the, the gentlemen that share this stream with me. It speaks to our listeners and the people we've been able to to uh, to interact with. And here it is. Okay. I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason, bringing something we must learn. And we are led to those who help us most to grow if we let them. And we help them in return. I don't know if I believe that's true, but I know I'm who I am today because I knew you. It's like a comet pulled from orbit as it passes the sun, like a stream that meets a boulder halfway through the wood. Who can say if I've been changed for the better? But because I know you, I have been changed for good. And that's a thought I want to leave you with. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. that's very be- that's very beautiful, Jonathan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, as we sign off our last time uh, on the air, this is this has been an incredible journey, um, incredible show, and I think that the things that we have learned, created, and the amount that we've grown has been phenomenal. And I can't wait. Uh, for more projects to come, yes, um, which Please there will be. Check out JonathanAndSergey.com. Guys, we have a podcast right now. We're working on TV shows for you, and yeah. we're always out there um, doing good work. But yeah. I, I, I think that um, only appropriate for us to play a song from Hamilton called One Last Time since it is. Our final. This is Jonathan. And this is Sergey. Good, good night, night and good, good luck. luck.